Well, not long now till BBC Gardener's World Live returns to the NEC in Birmingham. The dates for your diary, Thursday the 15th of June to Sunday the 18th of June. And I'm delighted to say that joining me to look forward to the show is Paul Stone, award-winning show garden designer who in the past has brought us the absolutely brilliant Nostalgia Garden for the 50th anniversary, the Canal Garden, and even a garden with a steam train in it. And this year, it's a garden fit for a king i can't wait paul really good to catch up with you are you looking forward to the show first of all uh hi steve yes good to catch up i am uh, very much looking forward to the show um mainly in particular because um i'm very confident that the um the plants and the materials that I've got to play with are going to give me great fun and enjoyment and uh, and I have a great team, uh, so I feel confident. Mm. Now, I'm sure this year is going to be another memorable garden, uh, Paul. I think, as I've said to you in the past, your nostalgia garden transported me back to my granddad's garden from years ago, brought a tear to my eye, uh, which was uh, in a very good way, of course. Now, this year, you have done a garden fit for a king to mark the coronation. Tell me about that. Well, I was given the title, and um, that's always an exciting point of time, isn't it, where um, the direction of the garden could go anywhere. The title was Fit for a King, Um, and after some considerable thought about it, what I found most important and significant about the opportunity of building a garden called Fit for a King was that I was going to have the opportunity to properly recognise the contributions from very early days in his gardening career, uh, that of our then Prince Charles and now King Charles III. Where are the influences in, in, in your design, Paul? I mean, does it pick up from, uh, from things that you've maybe seen at Highgrove, for example? Exactly that. Um, you know, uh, Highgrove really was the melting pot that uh, Charles um, put into practice the things that he wanted to do and, um, and, and the things that interested him. And um, specifically what he did, working alongside other garden designers and his own head gardeners and gardening team, um, he converted the grounds of Highgrove um, into a organic garden um, again, you know, also with help from the Soil Association as well, and uh, and this was quite groundbreaking stuff um, in around about the early 1980s because um, he was advocating not using fertilisers, uh, not using uh, herbicides or pesticides, um, and he suffered quite a bit of flack from um, others in the industry um, because of that particular uh, approach but in fact time has really shown that he was ahead of the game there and um, and, and these days uh, we should be striving really to um, garden in a more sustainable and uh, environmentally friendly way which is exactly what this garden is all about and it and it it applauds um, King Charles for his foresight and it also um, and it also celebrates him as a gardener king in that he loves gardening. He's clearly demonstrated it many times. And another thing that he got a bit of flack over was his, 
result of his love for gardening was that he used to hug trees and talk to his plants. Um, and uh, and I, I think now, uh, in hindsight, again, what what real gardener doesn't do those things? Mm, absolutely. So in doing your design, in drawing up your design, uh, Paul, you, one of the things you would have is obviously a plant list. What can people expect to see? And have you got any favourites uh, in your design? Um, well, uh, yes. I mean, the, the, the tension always with the plant list is that you um, you make your decisions in the middle of winter <laughs> or even earlier. Um, I had to make decisions around about October, November regarding wildflowers, um, which you know simply won't be there in flower um, unless I get on getting the seed sown around about that sort of lead-in time. Um, so a very important part of the garden, um, again, picking up um, a major high grove theme, uh, which um, you know received awards for its wildflower meadows uh, planted in celebration of the Queen's Jubilee. Um, uh, we have um, three fabulous areas of wildflowers that are going to be on display, but of course I'm in the hands of the gods and the experts um, and just luck uh, in terms of just how wonderful they're going to look. We're going to have a wildflower meadow um, uh, which you know will be absolutely stunning, um, and, uh, uh, and and in, in potential. But of course, you know, will the sun come out in time? Will there be enough lead in time for it? Um, if everything comes out in that, then you know you're going to need your sunglasses on. Then, on a kind of calmer area of planting, we'll have the perennial wildflowers growing. Um, amongst um, native grasses, we got a big uh, selection of those of those plants that will be on display around the curtilage of the garden. And then, finally, most significantly, um, we need to be aware that we should really be encouraging um, diversity and not looking so much for the monoculture that lawns offer. So. What I've commissioned uh, is a lawn of wildflowers, uh, a lawn with grasses and wildflowers that will be happy to be mown, that you can walk on, although you won't be able to at the show because we'd end up with a mud bath. But um, you will be able to get close up to it and have a good look. And uh, uh, and so three different types of wildflowers um, uh, displays uh, you know, which which will be fantastic, should attract a lot of bees, and the Warwickshire Butterfly Conservation Group are going to come in and invite a few choice butterflies, like brimstones, to come in and enjoy um, the nectar from uh, some various areas that we'll get ready for them. Mm. And so uh, that should be quite a, quite a show, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a, a Bothy Cottage. Uh, made from natural stone and timber uh, in there as well, isn't there? Yes. Um, now, this is um, quite a find, really, because um, another area that, of, of the display that connects to Charles's personality and beliefs um, is his uh, you know, strong desire to champion traditional building uh, 
there with uh, architects. Um, now, I've not set out to copy anything at Highgrove, by the way. Um, what I wanted to do was capture its essence and um, its, you know, its intellectual element, um, its ethos, and have that on display at the show. So there's no specific feature at um, Highgrove that I'm replicating. And in the case of the Bothy, um, the, uh, there's a, a wonderful company, they've got a great website, which when I read the um, tagline on it, um, there was a line from Andy Warhol um, uh, recommending that um, connection with nature um, was you know, the most important thing that you could do uh, for your well-being. <clears throat> and and I read that and I thought, wow, you know, this is this is a building that completely fits in with the ethos of my garden. And um, after some conversations with uh, Bonnie Boltholes, who produce this uh, amazing building, it weighs 12 tonnes. It's a modular building. It will come in on a low loader and be installed uh, by crane uh, and uh, then uh, taken away again to a good home afterwards. So no waste, no building um, uh, on on the site, no carbon footprints um, other than its delivery and removal. Um, and uh, it's entirely made of natural stone materials, natural stone walls, a slate roof, um, and inside, the public will be able to um, be invited inside and have a look at, um, at its uh, uh, fitting out, which includes an arger and a, and a wood stove and a bedroom and a bathroom. Um, and yet it sits on a template just three metres by five. Mm. Now, the show opens on Thursday, the 15th of June. So how long? This isn't going to be thrown together overnight, Paul, is it? How long is it going to take you and the team uh, to put this garden together? Yeah, we get about 17 days to uh, build the garden. I'll be up on site from the beginning of June, um, actually the 29th of May. Um, and I won't leave there until we break the garden down and get all its integral parts back to either its owners or um, to, to you know good places for it to go. I mean, for example, all the wildflowers, I'm hoping with the Butterfly Conservation Group to return those to uh, um, fields in and about Birmingham. So, Paul, this is a, a mammoth effort. You've already mentioned 17 days to, to put it together. Um, there is a team of people involved in this. Yes, and a really important part of that team uh, are Hillier Nurseries of uh, Romsey and Hampshire. Um, they have given me uh, such an opportunity of choice with... Uh, trees from their specimen tree nursery uh, over in Anfield and uh, really it's been I've been like a child with a chocolate box looking at the plants that are going to give the structural importance and um, atmosphere in the garden so I've got some some really quite nice big trees like beech and cherry maple um, now these are all connect right into the Highgrove Arboretum, uh, which is one of the inspirations that I have for the garden. Uh, and, um, uh, and together with a number of other non-native trees like magnolias and uh, various cornus, 
um, viburnums. Uh, these are going to be the structural elements of the garden that will really wow the public because of the uh, beauty of their form and leaf. Mm. Do we know whether or not His Majesty is aware of the garden and has seen your design? Well, um, we did, obviously it's been quite a busy year so far for... Uh, uh, King Charles and Camilla. Um, so uh, we did invite them um, uh, and uh, they were unable to attend, but they had our best wishes. How nice to receive that. Fantastic. BBC Gardeners World Live is at the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 15th of June until Sunday the 18th of June. Lots of information on the website, bbcgardenersworldlive.com. Importantly, how you can buy tickets. And remember that tickets will also get you into the fabulous BBC Good Food show summer as well. Um, Now, Paul, um, this time of the year, lots of people are looking to move uh, into their gardens. You were saying you were planning this garden way, way back in the winter. People will have been thinking all through the winter and the spring about what they're going to do in their garden. Um, top tips for gardeners this summer, Paul. What uh, what would you say they should be looking at? Well, top tips for gardeners this summer. Uh, in, in in my particular case, uh, in both Devon and Cornwall, uh, we have a hose pipe ban. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still lasting from this time last year. Um, and, and so in terms of your plant selections, I think that you've really got to um, be focusing on plants that are less water demanding. Um, now, these can, generally speaking, be identified um, uh, in many cases as being Mediterranean plants. Now, um, in a changing climate, which can't be ignored, um, I, I think it's reasonable to both try to uh, encourage uh, native growing plants. Um, but say, for example, um, you know something like um, an elder. Uh, you know, the, the plant, plants like that are uh, pretty pretty durable and. Um, Dogwood as well, you could include those type of plants in, into your list. Plants that are not going to require an awful lot of watering, that are fairly robust and, um, and will uh, cope with the uh, challenges of, of drought and uh, lack of ability to be able to water things. So, I mean, again, this is where, for example, my wildflower lawn comes into play. I mean, have a good think about how important it is to you really to have a beautiful bowling green type um, fescue lawn um, when you could be encouraging diversity uh, and and not needing to water it or cut it so much. Mm, absolutely. A lot of chat at the moment, uh, Paul, I hear, about uh, the issue of whether weeds should be seen as weeds anymore and whether we should be embracing them. Well, that's the cut and thrust of um, what Fit for a King Garden is about as well because it, you know, it, it, it um, celebrates uh, many plants that would otherwise be called weeds. I mean, my... my um, my wildflower lawn uh, will be covered in clover, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and and so uh, you know it's it, 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 the, the, we you know the, the mantra for weeds is that a weed is a plant that's growing somewhere that you don't want it to grow. Um, so in other words, it's a problem to you. Uh, 
otherwise, I think you should always try to encourage a plant, if it's not a problem to you, um, to do the best that it can. Um, obviously, sometimes that can be at the expense of another you know, enjoyment of planting that you may be wishing to have that, uh, you know, is being spoiled by that other plant, in which case you then would recognise it as being a weed. I think, you know, you you, you just have to prioritise really in terms of um, the importance of any plant in your garden and, um, you know, what what's coming at the expense of another uh, dominating the area. Mm. Lots to see at the show, Paul, including the floral marquee, lots of exhibitors uh, there, but also lots of traders as well. Um, I'm sure you take five minutes out to have a, a wander around and, and go and uh, buy some plants yourself. Anything you've got your eye on for this year? <laughs> well, um, I, ironically, I, I need um, an, uh, an indoor plant because <laughs> I've, uh, I've just had a uh, <clears throat> built an extension and we've got a nice nice room that needs some plants indoors so I'm, i'll be uh, i'll be looking to see uh, what well, i i have at the moment got a beautiful um flowering uh, in uh, well it, it would go outside actually uh, around here anyway uh summer uh, jasmine officinal uh, which is uh, sending fantastic scents all around the room uh, but I, I need something a little bit more architectural so i'll be i'll be looking for a a, a decent size um palm of some kind or another and i expect to be able to find something like that at gardeners world uh, even though it is uh, predominantly an outdoor garden mm. now lots of the visitors to the show just finally uh, paul will be coming to see the displays they'll be uh, enjoying your uh, garden fit for a king as well but they also come to hear you and all the other experts chat about uh, their experiences and i know that you're going to be appearing in the gardener's world live theater talking to nikki chapman along with your colleagues alan titchmarsh and monty don adam frost uh, francis topple is there um is that something you enjoy doing as well Yes, although uh, it's impossible to p- compete with the group that you just mentioned. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I've, uh, it, it, it is um, really good to... Uh, fundamentally, I'm a landscape gardener and not a horticulturalist. So that makes me a jack of all trades and a master of none in, to a degree. Um, however, you know, I, I, I hope that I'm always able to uh, give some sort of input you know in particular uh, my my interest is in space and uh, use and how that how plants and structures fit into that and how you enjoy them in any setting public or private mm. Thursday the 15th of June to Sunday the 18th of June at the NEC in Birmingham, BBC Gardeners World Live. Lots of information on the website bbcgardenersworldlive.com and importantly how you can book tickets. Paul, it's been absolutely great uh, to catch up with you again. I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm anticipation is high I think it's fair to say uh, and I'm excited to see uh, your garden soon. 17 days of putting it together. I know it's going to be worth it. For now, Paul Stone, many thanks.